Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today. Back here on Fantasy Sports Today, Dan Stravert and George Kurtz stepping in, pinching for Mike Blewett. Mike uh, sends along his regards. Apologizes for the technical difficulties on the day. George stepping in. George, how the hell are you, bud? I'm doing well, Dan. Look at it. They can't keep us apart, Dan. They just can't do it. <laughs> um, the big question is, how's that leaf pile? <laughs> Everyone's a comedian. Uh, it's funny you should ask because it's 25 bags deep, and I'll be doing more today. But uh, in all honesty, maybe, maybe there were 10 bags from the front yard. It shouldn't be that bad. All right. Well, uh, keep us apprised of the progress. (laughs) It is important here. I want to get your take here as we uh, dive in on the Dallas Cowboys and and Demarcus Lawrence. We'll talk MLB in a moment, but uh, talking to Mike on the other side of this break we just came out of about just the necessity that the Cowboys had to do it. Like this was just a a deal they had to make uh, simply because they they lost edge rushers. They brought in some, some depth, but Lawrence was just too important. Uh, a piece to go into the NFL draft needing so much on the defensive line. Is that something you agree with? Do you see Lawrence as a must-have at this point for Dallas, or, or do you think they overspent in re-signing him? Oh, no, he was definitely a must-have. Uh, somebody, you need a pass rusher. He's one of the best in the NFL. They just acquired Quinn as well for the other side. I mean, Dallas could have uh, one hell of a defense there. If they can ever get that secondary uh, figured out here, especially the safety position there, uh, they're going to have one hell of a defense. So I think, yeah, it was a must-sign. Uh, he easily would have uh, probably maybe even topped that amount if he was a true free agent and could shop his services around here. It was a high price to pay. It's going to add to what, $21 million, $60 million guaranteed. Or I think it was $65 million guaranteed. Yes. Highest yep. ever for a Cowboy. More than Tony Romo. Uh, more than uh, DeMarcus Ware ever got as well. I think Romo was 55. DeMarcus Ware was 40. So as far as that's concerned, it's the highest contract in Cowboy history. And uh, as I said, a must. I think he had to be done. And it's, it's the next domino to fall for the Cowboys. Now there's nobody else they have to resign this season. They can work on Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, Amari Cooper, Byron Jones in the next year or two when their free agency comes up. And uh, I wanted to get your take uh, on the Josh Rosen smoke signals, uh, kind of like waiting for the Pope uh, to be named out there in the Vatican, white smoke, gray smoke. But uh, do you believe the smoke we're getting here, that Rosen will be dealt and that two teams have made offers, or uh, if you want to dig my conspiracy theory, this is all just a a smokescreen to try to get someone to overpay for the number one overall pick. Uh, What do you think this breaks down as uh, for, for Rosen's time in Arizona? This is why, you know, I'm, I'm not a college guy. I fully admit that. I don't follow college football, but I love the NFL draft because it, it's all immense theater. It's great theater mm-hmm. because, yeah, the Rosen thing is fantastic and the Murray thing. But are the Cardinals going to take Murray? Are they going to trade Rosen? If they trade Rosen to who? You know, is it the Giants, the Redskins, the Dolphins, the Broncos? Can they get a first-round pick? Is it a second-round pick? Is it multiple picks? Does Rosen suck? You, know, you get all this stuff. It's, <laughs> it's great. 
You know, it's it's just great theater. And this is one pick we're talking about. You know, one guy. Forget the rest of the draft, uh, draft that's going on here. This is fantastic. Uh, everybody is lying right now. Everybody in the NFL is lying. No one's telling the truth. Okay, because or at least not the full truth. You know, they'll, they'll sort of mix in some truth with with more lies to get everyone. Because, like you said, they want as much as they possibly can get for that first round pick if they do indeed want to sell it. Right. Yeah, it's, it's it's of course that's and it's smart business. But everybody knows you're lying. You know, so no one. Try, if if you're out there a fan and you're actually believing anything these coaches say when they're in, a, in an interview, I said I got a bridge to sell you. All right, you know, some swampland. It's just not. It's just, it's, that's not the way it is. Okay, they're lying, 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 lying. Lies, lies, and more lies. Now, I do think they're going to take Murray into the first pick because I think uh, that's what Kingsbury wants. I think as far as Kingsbury is concerned, hey, you brought me in here to fix this offense. I want my yeah. guy. And we've right. heard him say in the past that uh, Murray is his guy. Almost said Harper. I got Bryce Harper on the mind. Wow. So, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know why. Did he hit another home run lately? So uh, I think that's what's going on there. I think uh, they're going to drive out the price of Rosen as much as possible. Um and I think my only question is, where does he end up? But I do yep. believe that Rose is going to be moved. Yeah, um, and that's uh, what Mike and I were talking about. I do enjoy the conspiracy theory that it's all uh, a uh, all a scheme, all a smokescreen. But I do think in the end, Rosen is moved. We talked about the Giants, talked about uh, the Denver Broncos, and talked about the Washington Redskins. So good to hear uh, all of us on the same page. Do you want to transition here to baseball cover uh, baseball in its entirety for this hour. Lots to dive into. Uh, George, obviously, over at RotoExperts.com and other places, does a lot of baseball coverage here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network and want to get into a discussion here across our segments around injuries, around fantasy, and around uh, overreaction as we begin the year. And I want to start there, George. And Overreaction happens in everything in life these days. Uh, we are a uh, 24 hours, seven day a week news cycle where everything is outrage. Everything needs a gigantic and overblown reaction on Facebook or Twitter or at the water cooler. But in fantasy sports, that can be uh, necessary where you have to react and move quickly uh, and move quickly to make decisions on players. And sometimes you're right and sometimes you're wrong. I bring the case of Chris Sale to you, and uh, it's been talked about on this network. It's been talked about across multiple platforms about Chris Sale and his velocity. We've seen this before from him, George. We've seen where Chris Sale has decided to be more of a pitch-to-contact pitcher. He did it with the White Sox in, what, 2016, uh, 2015, whenever that was, uh, and still struck out over 200 batters. Now, the velocity here is a concern to people because he's been sitting between 89 and 90 on his fastball, and typically he's around 95 to 97. And we are so advanced with our metrics and so advanced with our thinking that everyone is looking at it and saying, oh, no, there's an arm problem. Oh, no, there's an injury. He's not throwing as hard as he should. What is your general reaction and what's been your advice to anyone asking about how to handle Chris Sale here early on? Well... I think it's fair to are you an optimist or a pessimist? Okay. Yep. Yeah. Let's say you're you're an optimist. Okay. He could just be having a dead arm period. This happens to most pitchers during spring training. That's generally when it happens. Just by the third week of spring training, sales because he didn't pitch much in spring training. Maybe he only pitched a couple of innings. You know, maybe he's going through his dead arm period now. You know, and that's what this is here. So if you want to be the optimist, that's what it is. More optimistic would be, it's April sixth. If the Red Sox thought he had an injury, they certainly would just shut him down. Right. It's not like this is August and they need to win games here. Yeah, I know they got to a slow start, a horrific start, but they could shut him down and they'd, they'd be okay. Uh, as far as a long-term injury or an injury he had months ago, there's no way 
they signed him to what the 135 million extension if they were worried about his arm. All right, they would never do that. So that's the optimism. The pessimism is we've we've sort of been waiting for this for a couple of years, haven't we? The sale, you know, his slight build where he eventually just his body wasn't going to hold up. He's not built like Roger Clemens, you know, your typical power pitcher there, you know, big burly guy who eats logs for breakfast. You know, Chris Sale doesn't look like that type of pitcher. He's more in the Pedro Martinez build, very slight, very slender. A guy looks like you need to buy him a sandwich, you know, that sort of thing. And those pitchers do sometimes flame out quickly. Think Tim Lipscomb. Or else it's there one day, gone the next. You know, that sort of thing. So I think it's optimism, pessimism. Overall, it's April freaking 6th. Yes, it's basically, This is not fantasy football. In fantasy football, we need to make more rash judgments because you only have 13 games, 13 weeks, and you need to get off to a hot start. You know, you start at 0 4 you toast. And baseball, you can get off to a bad start and make your corrections and you'll be okay. I'm generally a flag player in uh, fantasy baseball, and my flags are Memorial Day, July 1st, you know, by my, I let my team pretty much ride of the players I, I trusted, my top players. You know, you, you bought me your roster. You want to churn those guys, that's fine. But guys like Sale and your other top players, I'm trusting them, okay? I'm not going to go – I'm not going to flip out and go, oh, my God, I got to get rid of my first, second-round pick because I didn't get up to a hot start the first two weeks. No. Whether it be Sale or a hitter. Some hitters don't hit in April. It's cold in the Northeast here, right? It's been some brutal weather out here. So I'm not going to freak out about that. You know, let those guys hit and see how they go for a month, six weeks. What, what are you going to do with Sale? Even if you truly believe, oh, I, I, it's, he's terrible. He's going to be hurt all year long. He's not going to be the pitcher he's going to be. What are you going to do with him? I have him. I'm going to call Dan Stroud. Dan, you want Chris Sale? Dan may go, yeah. And Dan goes, I'll give you 60 cents on a dollar. That's all you're going to get. Yep. All right? You can't do anything with him right now. You could not start him. You can bench him for a start or two. I have no problem with that. His next, They are pushing back his next start. Uh, they're going to give him another Tuesday, the home opener start on Tuesday. You know, so he gets an extra day or two rest. And maybe you want to sit him for that? Maybe? You know, I'm not, I don't even know if I would do that. But depending on how your roster is, if you have other strong starters that week, I can see that, Dan. I can see you giving him a break. You know, let him be able to have one good start first before you put him back in there. But other than that, you're going to have to eat him for a bit. If you do believe you, uh, that you have to deal him, you better wait till he gets one good start. And then you can maybe bring that price up to 80, 85 cents on a dollar. Because I think before you would get full price, he'll need two or three good starts. And by then, you're going to want to keep him because you'll believe he's back. <laughs> exactly right. So I, I think you, you went down the entire path of uh, trading mindset where he is a sunk cost right now. You drafted him in the first round, maybe the second, depending on the league you're in. Um, and he's a sunk cost that you're not getting value back on. If you have someone in your league who will make you a fair offer and you get a you know, a, a, a second-tier pitcher and an outfielder for him and that's what you need, then fine. That's a different story, but you're not getting back the value you drafted him in on. And I am a firm believer that once the draft's over, you need to reevaluate. You, you can't say, well, I drafted him in the first round. I can't deal him. You just need to make sure that you're doing it for the right reasons and you're evaluating properly, as George was, was saying, exactly the value you need to get back. And right now you're getting pennies on the dollar, you know, 60 cents, 60, 55 cents, whatever it might be of sales value. And to George's point, maybe you bench them. Maybe, maybe that is a, a true, maybe you're in a shallower league. You can do that. Uh, maybe you're in a head to head and, and uh, can, can deal with a two-star pitcher instead. But I think that you're going to have to ride this one out for a while. George's also point is it's April 6th. Let's all take a big, deep breath. We'll do it. Let's do it right now. Ready? And just 
let Chris Sale work his way into the year. Remember last April as well, uh, it was a slow start for him. So I think he is one of the ones that we've had to keep the biggest eye on. Do want to talk injuries here where uh, there are mounting. We have Jake Lamb out for six weeks for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, you have the Yankees. I think I saw before Tulowitzki went down, there was 45% of their 2018 home runs was on the injured list. Hicks, Giancarlo Stanton, and Duhar, and there was one more person in there. Uh, I'm forgetting who the fourth person of that mix was. That was 45% of their home runs. But nonetheless, uh, they are hurting, and now you have guys like DJ LeMahieu getting full playing time. How are you dealing with early on injuries? Obviously, one round of uh, free agent acquisition budget has run. How are you tackling spending? How are you tackling uh, injuries on your teams this early on and trying to evaluate bench players or guys that you can sign uh, as we go through this first sort of real full week of Major League Baseball? You know, injuries are part of the game. We're all going to go through them. Some of us are going to get screwed more than others by them. Uh, I've always believed that in a fantasy league, a 12-team league, Three teams are going to be eliminated because eh, they, they just don't pay attention. I'm talking your home yep. leagues here. You know, the guys are, you know, they're not really into it. They don't, feel, they don't make the, their, the right lineup changes. They forget to set the lineup sometimes. That sort of things. They don't make their fair moves. Another three teams are eliminated by injuries. Nothing they can do. You know, it's just that they, they've been crushed. You know, the, for some reason the fantasy gods hate them. So like the fantasy gods hate the Yankees right now. Well, there'll be fantasy teams that end up like the Yankees, where everybody and their mother gets hurt, and there's nothing you can do. You're done. No matter what you do, you're done here. So I always look at it uh, that way. So in some ways, you only got to beat five other teams. You have to be one of the six that doesn't get hurt. That's all I want to be. I'm not asking for good luck. I just don't want the bad luck of the injuries. I know I'll pay attention, so I won't be one of those three teams. If I can just be avoid one of the three teams that gets crushed with injuries, I'll be okay because I'll make my moves. I'll pay attention. I'll do what I have to do. So there's nothing you can do about injuries. You get, you get hurt, you get hurt. Uh, the only really thing you can do is don't draft players who get hurt every year. I mean, listen, if you drafted Tulowitzki thinking he wasn't going to get hurt, I mean, come on. I mean, uh, we all had the pool going of when he was going to get hurt. Uh, the under came in. Oh, or did it come in? I mean, hey, it was, it was game what, game five. Maybe it didn't come in. That's when he, when he always gets hurt. All right, so we knew Tulowitzki was going down. No one feels bad for you. Don't draft those types of players. You know, don't, don't draft the Tulowitzkis, the Ellsburys, uh, the guys who get hurt every season. You know, you want to avoid those injuries. And when it comes to fantasy leagues, I'm a big proponent of unlimited IL. You know, I, I don't think uh, I just don't think in a league that you should be penalized because you have hurt players. You know, and it, it, it's two reasons. One, if you have limited DIL or no IL, you know, uh, you know, why if I if you have a five man reserve and you have two DIL slots, that's pretty much uh, seven reserves you can have. But if, if you have eight guys, I had, there was one time last year I had nine guys on the IL now. I may have to release somebody to field the full roster because it's limited IL and my bench is now filled up with IL players. And now Dan Stratford has, hey, he's one of those lucky guys. Nobody on the IL or one guy. He's okay. I have to release a good player. Dan goes, well, I can afford that. I'll take him. So now I got screwed twice. Not only did I have to give up that player because he's hurt and I needed a full roster, I had to release him. But Dan Stratford, who I'm competing with, I got him. He's mine now, and that'll pay off for him in whatever two weeks, a month, whatever that guy's coming back. So I'll never understand the people who fight for uh, even no IL or limited IL. I think the theory is that uh, if you have uh, unlimited IL, the waiver wire is, is empty. The waiver wire is empty anyway. There's nobody out there you're going to grab that's going to win you a league generally. So I've never understood that thinking at all. 
where you want to screw over the person who got hurt because you're, you're eliminating people. That's all you're doing. You're putting more luck in the game. And we, I want to take luck out here. I want to be able to have guys to be able to field full rosters and the like there. So uh, the bottom line is this. We're all going to get hurt. All right, we're all going to have injuries. We all have to deal with them. Your bench, you want, I mean, me personally, I like to have my bench as diversified as possible. Always want to have at least one extra outfielder, if not two extra outfielders. We start five. They have the greater chance of injury that one of them is going down. Same with pitching. Always want to have one or two extra pitchers. Same thing. Right. You know, they have a better chance of injury. And then obviously you only have one extra. Uh, if you have two uh, pitchers, two outfielders, then I either keep a middle infielder or a corner infielder, and that's generally the best player available. You will never see me carry an extra catcher. Hey, if you stop two catchers and one gets hurt, what are you going to do? Are you going to find a third catcher? We can't even field one catcher in one catcher leagues. More there's two or three in two catcher leagues, and then an extra one. Good luck to you. It's uh, a great point there about roster construction beyond just your starters, and uh, I'm dealing now this weekend with having to. Make a move for Daniel Murphy, finally put on the injured list in full so I can make a move, uh, but now having to decide between Brandon Lowe and DJ LeMahieu uh, off of the waiver wire, which will be a fun decision to make as I head into Sunday, and how much exactly to spend on them in a thousand fab budget uh, will be uh, intriguing over there in tout, but uh, not giving away what I'm doing just in case anyone out there in, in my league is listening, uh, but I will be making some bids there and probably overspending on both of them if I need to, just because I need the, I have no second baseman on my roster beyond uh, Daniel Murphy, who you mentioned, uh, uh, Troy Tulowitzki, I think Trey Turner, Troy Tulowitzki, Daniel Murphy. I, I think they're all injured and that's not surprising to start the year. Coming back with more on the other side of this break, we have some signings in Major League Baseball and uh, want to talk about some of these teams starts the year and whether or not we start worrying about a team like the Boston Red Sox or the Chicago Cubs. As we roll forward, more with Dan and George right here on Fantasy Sports Day, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Jumping around Major League Baseball, pack it up, pack it in. Let me begin. I came to win. Battle me. That's the sin. George, we're back here on the Fantasy Sports Today, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Want to touch on some of these hot starts to the Major League season? See if you are buying some of these. Jump up, jump up, and get down. Uh, we have <laughs> that song is a, is one of those songs now that it's passed so uh, far into our. Uh, culture of an old song that when it comes on at a wedding and you see a bunch of 40 and 50 year olds jumping around on a dance floor you have to be like well that song took a turn right that i don't think that's where they thought it would end up 30 years later but nonetheless um i want to run through some of the top performers in major league baseball thus far and see if you're buying or selling on continued success yes small sample size yes this is early on in the season but uh some of these names i think they are 
long-term intriguing from a fantasy asset perspective. Uh, but uh, let's start with Jan Mankata. Now, this is a guy, George, that was very much touted as the next coming of a star in Major League Baseball, signed by the White Sox, and uh, brought up slowly uh, and still seems to have a little bit of a hole in his swing at times. But on the early year, batting four fifty eight. Uh, this is a guy that has shown to have all the talent in the world uh, that he can get it done. We haven't seen the stolen bases as of yet, but just four strikeouts to three walks, two home runs, 10 RBIs, along with that 458 batting average. Are you buying that Jan Mankata has finally figured things out and will be a part of the upper echelon of Major League Baseball stars? He's only 23. Is this the breakout year for Jan Mankata? Well, it all comes back down to Chris Sale now, doesn't it? Because Mankata was the one, uh, the major piece traded for Chris Sale, right? Came over from computer, was going to be uh, com- from computer. How about Cuba? Came over from Cuba. <laughs> came over from computer. Okay. Um, came over from Cuba as the main piece in that deal was going to be the next big superstar in baseball, right? Uh, so that's what was going on there. Now, you're asking, do I believe that this is his breakout year? Uh, Mankata, he's had that 11th commandment for a while. Thou shalt not pass without being swung at. And that's an issue. Some guys can get away with that. Most cannot. You know, you want to be more selective at the plate. So far this year, he is being more selective at the plate. So, is he becoming that player now? Where he's becoming a, a true major league ball player. Been around for a couple of years. You know, one thing in fantasy land, we expect players to be great from day one. Right. You know, we, we, we want to be yeah, – everyone's great from day one. doesn't always work out that way. All right, doesn't always work out that way. Yeah, baseball's a hard game. Mike Trout was not great from day one. All right, he had to be sent back down before he came back up. All right, so uh, I, th- I do think we need patience. Now, granted, it's been a few years, you know, so uh, that's one problem there, that we've been patient for a while here. So are you truly believing with Mr. Moncada here? Uh, I am. You're more than likely drafting as your middle infielder, right? So you're getting a big bonus right now. Now, if someone once again, Dan Stravick comes to me and goes, "Hey, I'll give you a player who that I I had ranked higher because my rankings really haven't changed for most players from two weeks ago to now." So if Dan Stravick goes, "Hey, I'm going to give you this player from Mankata, and that player that you're giving me is, I have considerably higher in my rankings. I'll make the deal." He does smell to me a little bit, a little bit, not major, but a little bit like a sell high. Like, maybe I want to rid myself of some question marks here and get the more solid player. Especially if I really like that player Dan's offering me. I'm not talking no one, uh, you know, Arenado or someone like that. I'm talking, he's offering a guy who, a good solid player that I need, that I might trust more than Mankato. You know, that I, the guy who's, you look on the back of his baseball card, he does the same thing every year. I know what this player is going to do. Mankato, I'm still not sure about. That being said, Mankato could be a player who wins you a league. Because you drafted him, you know, double-digit rounds. You know, you didn't spend you spent single-digit dollars on him, and also he's going to have a career year. Not that it would take much for him to have a career year, mind you, but that he could have a, a big season here. Because, you know, listen, he plays in a great, great hitter's ballpark, a ball that with a, the ball's going to fly out of that park once the weather heats up, you know, if the weather ever heats up. He's only 23 years old. Yes, sir. All right? Yeah, he, he's young. He'll be 24 next month. So, mm, you know, it, it's a tough choice here. Uh, I definitely wouldn't be dumping him for anything. Like I said, the only way I make a deal for him to do a sell high is if I really like the player coming back to me. I'm not looking to get rid of him. I'm not saying that. 
But uh, I'm a little risk averse, averse here. So if I get a player that I believe that I know is going to do what he does every season, I could see myself moving him. Outside of that, I do wonder if this is the year for him. I do. You know, so I have some hope here, but I've been fooled before by guys like this. Same thing we say about Sale, where, you know, hey, I know he's been terrible. He'll, he'll probably figure it out. But the same thing is here. It could just be a six, seven game hot start. Right. And he's going to come back down to the norm. Right. Of course. Yeah. I'm not expecting Moncana to hit 458 this year, but I do believe that the talent's there. The one thing I'd like to see more from him is stolen base attempts. Uh, that was one of the things we heard about him was he was a you know, full five tool player and, and in the minors was stealing bases. Haven't seen it at the major league level. So. If he's going to round out to be a first or second round talent, which is possible, it, 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 we see it all the time in fantasy baseball where low round players just far exceed expectations. Things click for whatever reason. Uh, think about Whit Merrifield. Yeah, a much different profile for, for Merrifield, but a uh, 30 year old took his time through the minor leagues. It all came together and he became a, you know, high-end second baseman this year. Uh, I think Mancada's on that same sort of trajectory this year, and I do think it's a breakout year for Mancada. So uh, I'm I'm clearly not selling on this. I do think you're right, though. Any deal in, in baseball fantasy, any deal in fantasy baseball is to make your team better. So if trading a Mancada gets you back assets that makes you better, you do it. Not just because you, you have an asset that needs to be moved because you're making your team better. Anthony Rendon batting 435. He saw the contracts that uh, Nolan Arenado signed and others at third base. Uh, and he's eyeing free agency a bit here, getting it uh, done to start the year. But this is a, a Nationals team that's in a bit of flux. You have Bryce Harper gone, obviously. Trey Turner with the injuries. Uh, you have... Uh, Soto and Robles as the, your young up-and-comers. I'm a believer in Anthony Rendon. Do you think he's somebody that can battle for a batting championship in the National League this season? Oh, a batting championship, Mr. Rendon. Well, I hope he uh, does because I have in a few leagues. So, uh, <laughs> that would be good for me. I, I am a Rendon believer here. Uh, a batting championship, generally in baseball overall, a batting championship for a right-handed hitter is tough. Because left-handed hitters generally going to get a couple extra hits because they're closer to first base because they bat from the left-hand side, so that helps them out there. So I think he can bat for a batting chance. I, never, I honestly never really thought about this. Uh, battle for one, sure. I don't think he'll win it though. But I think he's you know, he's, a, he's a fantastic hitter. All right, I'm not I'm not worried about Rendon at all. Not that I should, there's any reason to worry about him. Uh, with the with Harper, I thought he was going to be just fine here, and he's proving to be so. So uh, battle for one, yeah. But I don't think he'll win it there. Rendon is a player you can build your team around. Uh, he is maybe not a first-round pick, but second, third is where he was going in uh, as far as ADP is concerned. I don't know if he ends up starting re-signing with Washington, though. And I don't know if he wants After that low ball offer, they made uh, Bryce Harper where he, he was going to have deferred payments until he was like 180. Uh, <laughs> just, I mean, just, that was strange. That, in my mind, when you, give him, when you give somebody that kind of offer, you're saying, <laughs> go away. <laughs> go well, away. I mean, you know, George, we, we don't that, watch you anymore. That was a headline offer that was they wanted the writers in dc to write the story that he was offered 10 years 300 million dollars that's all they wanted they wanted to show their fan base, hey we made him an offer and they hoped that people didn't read the fine print i like i am 100 percent sure that is what they did there and they succeeded largely by the way you see the reaction of washington fans and it's it was spin it was 100 percent spin agree and i I think they did it. I think they did a good job of that part of it. They screwed up. They, it, I think Harper would have stayed. And I know people uh, complained about his silver diner or whatever, silver line diner or whatever it was called, because that's such a, a tourist spot. And they don't think Harper ever really spent time in D.C. 
he's he went to Philly, which is not that far away. It's not like he got drawn back to the West Coast to somewhere near Las Vegas. He went where he got paid. And I, I think it was really just the Nationals management and ownership trying to save face, say they offered him $300 million when, in fact, it was, you were right, I think the first offer was deferred to, like, 30, 2032, and then the last was deferred to, like, 2072 or something, uh, which is insane. Listen, I would love getting a million dollars every year for not doing anything when I retire, but a little bit different when you're a major leaguer. Um, what do you make When's of Bobby Bonilla day? Oh, so amazing. I think Bonilla still gets paid after Harper's contract runs out, right? I think, like, he's still <laughs> yes, getting after, paid. At those regular contract, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's I think three or four years after it. Yeah. That's, hey, good work if you can get it. Uh, the <laughs> question I have next, Cody Bellinger uh, was somebody that – uh, was a little enigmatic last year, struggled at times for the Dodgers. Dodgers also move around their lineup, and Dave Roberts does a lot of platooning and moving guys in and out. Max Muncy uh, came out of nowhere um, to, to be on the roster this year with some power. He'll be at first base sometimes, Bellinger in the outfield, Bellinger moving around. But he has six home runs to start the year. We know the power is there. Are, are you buying Bellinger as one of the power hitters that can uh, lead uh, the National League in home runs this year? Yeah, it makes you wonder what happened last year, right? You mentioned enigmatic. Why, why the, uh, the bad start or the bad season? Why weren't you the player? Sophomore uh, jinx, that's sort of thing. You know, maybe you, uh, maybe you took life for granted a little bit. Oh, this baseball's easy. It's going to come to me. And you didn't work as hard during the offseason. Maybe that sort of thing. Didn't make your adjustments. Pitchers did. And uh, this offseason, you did the opposite. You, you, you put in the work. Made your adjustments. Because that's what baseball is. Baseball is a game of adjustments. I mean, it's plain and simple. If, uh, you know, Bellinger's hitting, you know, all the inside fastballs on the, on the planet, well, pitchers are going to start throwing him outside soft stuff. You know, and when does he make that adjustment to be able to hit those pitchers? Once he does, they'll adjust someplace else. It depends how fast you can make those adjustments. That's what baseball is. And it works the same way for pitchers. You know, if you can't get anybody out with your uh, curveball, well, then you better start working on a slider or a changeup. You know, to keep these hitters off balance here. So uh, I, I'm going to choose to believe that's what what's going on here. That he just he's just made the adjustments better. Another year experience also helps. I know his dad's a former ball player, played for the Yankees, called Clay, and I'm sure I'm certainly sure that helps him out there. And it's not like last year was terrible, but after doing 39, 97, and 17, 25, and 76, you know, it's less than expected. It's, the average is about the same. Uh, and this year, he's, he certainly looks like he's going to go back to that 39, 97. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I believe in Bellinger. I just think, uh, for whatever reason, maybe there was an injury last year we never really knew about. You know, last thing I ever want to hear about to any of my fantasy players or the team I root for is hands or wrist injuries. You know, I think that yeah. really zap, zaps your power there, so maybe that was a problem for him as well. You know, we we don't know. So uh, I'm choosing to believe in Bellinger. I think he's going to have a big season. Uh, so I certainly think it's going to be closer to 2017 than it was 2018. I agree. I think that's uh, spot on. I want to get uh, some takes on some pitchers here. We will talk, uh, maybe take a look a little bit at uh, today's games in our final segment, just to see which pitchers were most uh, intrigued by watching. We'll do that uh, in the final segment. Maybe talk a little uh, daily fantasy too there about today's Major League Baseball uh, contest. But from the pitching ranks, obviously Kevin Gaussman went out there last night, George, and had an excellent outing. And he's coming back from a shoulder injury. And we saw flashes of this with Baltimore. And then even when he came over to Atlanta at the end of the year, shut down because of the shoulder. But this is a guy that, again, I point to the Orioles organization as screwing up a lot of pitchers. I, I, like They've just shown that over the years, they don't know how to develop their starters. And they've gone other places 
and got it to work. I, I think Jake Arrieta is sort of the poster boy of that. I know he hasn't been necessarily great over the past two years, but he still has really emerged since leaving Baltimore. And I think Gaussman can be the same sort of guy here. Do you believe Gaussman? Now, I don't believe he's going to be a zero ERA guy on the year, but are you uh, buying into Gaussman as a potential uh, you know, two or three on a fantasy staff that could really have some upside surprise here as 2019 goes on? Well, everything you said is true. I mean, everything you said is true. Baltimore's had problems developing their pitchers. I mean, everybody. Yeah, Arietta's a great example. Uh, players had to leave Baltimore. Uh, it all, I don't think it's also any big coincidence that they have had more success once they've left the American League East and gone to the sure. National League. You know, you're facing weaker lineups in the National League. You know, the pitchers hit the eighth place batter generally is not all that great. And let's face it, the American League East, you got to face that Yankee lineup, the Red Sox lineup. Uh, the Blue Jays used to be able to hit. Uh, so, and, you, and the ballparks are all small. You know, Fenway with the Green Monster, Yankee Stadium with the porch, the ball flies out of Toronto, Camden Yards is, in, you know, a band box. It's only Tampa Bay's the only job, you know, pitchers park in the American League East. So you're going to get a benefit there. And you said about Gosford, this guy had or has talent. For whatever reason, couldn't put it together in Baltimore. I mean, it's a combination of everything. The Baltimore coaching staff, uh, the small ballparks, the tough lineups. And maybe now that he's in the National League, he's just like, thank you. (laughs) You know, thank you, that sort of thing. So I can see this all being a part of it. So uh, I don't think he's going to be an SP1 or even SP2 fantasy-wise, but I think he can help your fantasy team. I do. Uh, it's a guy I grabbed on a couple of my teams. Now that he's healthy, pitching for Atlanta in a ballpark that really uh, it edges towards the pitcher side, but it's pretty neutral. Uh, I think he's going to have a, a, a solid season, a fine season. Not Cy Young or anything like that, but a fine, solid season. Uh, the kind of guy, he's willing just a rotation filler on your fantasy team. A guy like, oh, you know, we all need a guy or two where just don't just don't kill me, all right? Just don't, don't right. kill me this week. We all, we all need a couple of guys like that, but I think he's better than that. I think he is a guy that can help a little bit. Like, I would equate it to a guy, in fantasy, generally you want a guy to bat – Around 270, that, that's about what we need uh, as far as an average fantasy uh, batting average. Anything less than that, you got to make up for it. Anything higher than that, you like it. So I would equate him to a guy who's going to bat about 280, 281. Not going to help you immensely, but going to help you. Uh, I, I agree that Gaussman will not win the NL Cy Young because Sonny Gray is going to do that. So I, I agree that Gaussman won't be uh, the Cy Young winner this year. Last pitcher to talk about before we go to break, Matt Shoemaker. The, the maker of shoes, the cobbler, whatever nickname you want to give him. <laughs> the splitter is back, George. The splitter looks great. And uh, we've seen more and more pitchers move away from the sinker slash splitter because obviously launch angle and batter swings are going right through that zone. But Shoemakers has been dynamic. And this is a guy in 20, what was it, 17? Maybe came out of nowhere, but really was awesome with that sinker when it was on. I'm buying here if anyone's willing to to make a deal on value, thinking they're you know trading him away at, at peak value. I, I think there's more of this to come. Obviously not a zero ERA, uh, but are you a, a fan of Shoemaker or do you feel like these uh, first two smart starts are just uh, small sample size and we'll see the true uh, 2018 version of Shoemaker in 2019? Well, everything's a small sample size, so the, you know right. that's, that's that's what our job is. That we got my make, life. Uh, all right, we got to make sense out of that. Now. I am going to play a little devil's advocate with you, okay? Mm-hmm. You said you, you said you're buying. You want him. Uh, he's faced Baltimore, and he's faced Detroit. Hmm. Hmm. Mm. Not the not the 27 Yankees here. 
Okay? So that might hold me back. The Toronto Blue Jays, the team he pitches for now, they've been shut uh, shut down and most of their, uh, they, they can't hit. So wins can be tough to come by for Shoemaker as well here. So I will just be very careful on Shoemaker here. I'm not sold yet. All right. I think that's more than reasonable and good points. Uh, also playing the AL East could be tough. On the other side, we'll talk about today's games. Take a look at uh, what matchups we like best in the early slate and just what games we want to watch. Back with more after this on Fantasy Sports Today. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. And Trapper George Kurtz back here on Fantasy Sports Today. Don't forget, with Major League Baseball season now in full swing, it's time to swing for the fences playing daily fantasy baseball with DailyRoto.com. Become their eighth $1 million winner or another one of their countless number of people who have won hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands, even hundreds of thousands of dollars using DailyRoto.com to help set their DraftKings or FanDuel MLB lineups. If you're playing MLB DFS and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Enter promo code FNTSY for a 10% discount. You'll get lineup alerts, projected ownership percentages, weather updates, fantasy projections that use the lineup optimizer and then already producing millions in DFS winnings. That's the 2019 MLB Daily Roto Premium Package at DailyRoto.com. Use promo code FNTSY and get your 10% discount today. George, I did want to get your take on one more uh, early start question, uh, which is more around the Cubs as a whole. Cubs are 1-6. They obviously have an offense that is still hitting well, but their pitching staff has been downright terrible. Uh, Quintana and you Darvish and just pieces that are not getting it done on the year. Uh, are you concerned about this starting staff? Do you think there are legitimate things happening between Darvish's blisters and his injuries over the past couple of years, Quintana not being as sharp the past two years, or, or do you think this is simply, again, small sample size, Cubs will write things, they'll be right in the thick of things when uh, all is said and done in September? No, uh, I'm worried. To put it nicely, I'm worried. I was worried before the season started about the Cubs pitching staff. Uh, specifically the starting staff. I, did, I had no idea the bullpen would implode, too. But the starting staff, I mean, you look at it, they had a whole bunch of SP3s and 4s. I mean, look, look at that staff. I mean, Lester, listen, he wasn't all that great last year. And you can see in fantasy drafts, he was falling. You could have got him for a song, and anytime you want them in a fantasy draft, nobody wants them. Yeah, he was a guy you ended up with, not a guy you wanted. Uh, you Darvish coming back from TJ, sorry, to TGS, you never know what, that's going, what he's going to be like there. You don't. You know, he could be good, he could be great, he could be terrible. And right now he's boring towards the terrible there. Quintana wasn't very good last year. They give Eloy Jimenez for him. That they're gonna, boy, they're gonna regret that deal. Uh, they don't regret the Glyber Torres deal because you won the World Series. So that that makes up everything, right? So you're, you're fine with Torres, but losing Jimenez for Quintana that one hurts, you know, because Quintana is not the pitcher he was 
uh, with the White Sox for whatever reason that might be here. Uh, Cole Hamill, same thing. Is a name player. Used to be good. Not anymore. Kyle Hendricks, you know, old blah guys. Guys who are like at best are, an, are maybe a number two at best. And that's probably being very kind. And number threes and number fours. So their starting pitching staff was going to have some problems. Now, I said, I don't like raising the red, the red flag or the white flag, whatever you want to call it here, and going, oh, my God, things, it's the end of the world. Right. It's not. But as I said, I was concerned about the step before the season started. And now it looks like it's coming to fruition. How many 9-8 games do you think, do you think you're going to win? You can't do that game in and game out. You know, it's much of the Yankees of the uh, the eight the late eighties. That's all they they had no pitching, so they tried to win games nine eight. Sure, it's fun yeah. baseball. You know, it's fun to watch, but you know, it's not going to lead you to a winning team. It's just not. It's too tough to win that that way. So yeah, I'm extra, I'm very worried about the Cubs. They spent no money this off season, right? They were up there against the payroll. The, the regulars didn't want to spend money. So hey, they've got some issues here, and I don't think those issues are going away anytime soon. Uh, Joe Sheehan over on Twitter, uh, you may know him from uh, Sports Illustrated or Baseball America, has a great tweet out from earlier in the day. And again, small sample size and uh, set off the alarm bells, but uh, it's an on-pace tweet, which uh, I'm a big fan of, uh, especially first game of the year, sending out as many random terrible stats about who's on pace for what. But we're on... I got so choked up there because I was so excited about this. <clears throat> so uh, we're on pace for 6,185 home runs on the year, 600 more than last year, and 80 more than have ever been hit in a single season. Remember, home run rates go up as the weather warms up, and this is the stat I find interesting of it all. Two of every five runs this year, 40.9%, have been scored on home runs. Two of every five runs this year, 40.9%, have been scored on home runs. That's a crazy number. And I'm not surprised as we see these power pitchers. And I don't know if everybody follows. I don't know if George, you follow Pitching Ninja on Twitter. Um, And you also have Pitcher List and you have a bunch of guys doing GIFs of pitchers. But he's done it pretty consistently and shown pitchers. The movement that most of these guys have, excuse me, on their fastball at this point makes it near impossible to hit. So hitters are locking in, trying to hit a mistake, and they're trying to hit a mistake 450 feet. So we're getting strikeouts rising. We're getting home runs rising. Not surprising there, but that stat of two of every five runs have been on home runs seems very high and will be very intriguing to see if that remains the rest of the season. Well, you know, we are in the age of uh, three true outcomes. Strikeout, walk, home run. That's just the way the game is right now. Uh, I don't think anybody truly likes it. Yeah, I think we'd like to see baseball played the way it was more meant to be played, but that's just the way it is. The home run gets paid. Uh, all these guys are throwing 95-plus nowadays, so a lot of teams don't believe you can put together three singles any, together to get a run. You know, single first base, single first and second, single drives the run in. A lot of people don't believe you can do that anymore. Not today's game. It's just too hard to get three hits in a row or three hits in an inning. So they all teach the launch angle now. You know, swing up. Let's try to get that quick run. Uh, so that's just the way the game is right now. For uh, you know, for bad, for, for good or bad, that's the way it is. I don't know if it's going to change anytime soon. Things generally do, you know, like anything else. It's it goes into revolutions here, and uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, I think it's a great start about generally, you know, once the weather warms up, especially here in the Northeast and in the Central, you know, that ball's going to go further. Those hormones could even tick up further, you know. So yeah, I'm concerned, and there are a lot. You know, when I went through the, I always go through the rotations for all the teams uh, in preseason to see, uh, you know, what teams need pitchers. And there are a yep. lot of teams that have, I mean, even good teams that have, my God, pitching said that you're like, oh, really? This, like I said, the Cubs, they're going to contend <laughs> with this? 
Even the Brewers, I didn't think the, I didn't think the Brewers uh, pitching staff was all that great either. Curious, you know, Jasim was their well. opening day starter. Come on. Right. <laughs> Jasim, Peralta, Woodruff, Burns. I mean, okay, this is what you're going to go through a season with? And you're playing in that ballpark? Yeah, we're seeing the Red Sox staff get annihilated right now. All right, there's a lot of bad pit. They, they throw hard. Doesn't necessarily mean they know where it's going. You know, so, uh, yeah, I think home runs are going to continue to be a major part of the game. Major part of the game. Right. I think uh, there are a lot of Nate Eovaldis in the league right now. A lot of guys who throw 98 to 100, but throw it straight. You have the guys who differentiate, which is like the Alvarados of the world and uh, what DeGrom's been doing amazingly, is that fastball is tailing. That fastball is moving. It's not just a fastball. It is a, you know, something that cuts right or left, which really makes a huge difference. You see more and more, again, to, to promote the guy pitching Ninja over on, on Twitter. He does a lot of the tunneling overlays where you get to see these pitchers where the arm slot's the same for all three pitches. You know, curveball, slider, and fastball all coming from the same spot and, and release points the same. That's where, where batters are really having trouble, and uh, more and more pitchers are studying that and understanding that and getting behind it. I do want to run through some of these games today. Uh, just get, uh, George, your take, which games you want to watch, which uh, pitchers you're most intrigued by. Uh, we'll go through some of these early games uh, quickly here. Royals are at the Tigers. It's minus 127 for Detroit, over-under of nine. Matt Moore. Not watching that mound. one. But Matt Moore had a no-hitter through six innings against the Toronto Blue Jays. George, come on. He's the real deal again. Listen, that's one that I won't mind doing the leaves during. <laughs> Nationals and Mets minus 132 seven over under Matt V Corbin it should be a good game and a good matchup uh, Matt's uh, clearly somebody who needs to step up for the Mets to have a special season this year uh, he did uh, pitch fairly well in his first outing Corbin one of the big signings for the Washington Nationals I wasn't a huge fan of the signing I think Patrick Corbin's fine I don't think he's an elite arm they gave him a lot of money uh, what do you think uh, is this a, a Mets win a, a, a Nationals win or, or what do you think this game outcome is I agree with you about Corbin by the way I was surprised he got so much as well listen you were a free agent at the right time pitching was weak this offseason so he got paid Good and he signed early and he, and, he, and he signed early, which seems to be a key right now. Don't wait. Uh, I agree with you. Uh, this is a game, actually, I wouldn't mind watching. I won't be able to, but I wouldn't mind watching. Uh, actually, I'll, I'll see a little bit during uh, the next show with uh, with Cam Stewart, so I'll, I'll catch a little bit of it before going outside. But uh, I, said, I think when it comes here, Matt's, man, I'd like to see this guy step up. Really would like yep. to see him step up, see what he can become here. I have faith in him. I do. I think he can be a decent pitcher here. Uh, it's a good match uh, today, good game. Matt's trying to bounce back from uh, – I, if you heard the promo during the uh, uh, during the break here about uh, the Dominic yes. Smith incident with uh, the pee, bur- uh, pee problem, pee gate, where he couldn't pee in a cup, and the Mets sort of slept walk through opening day. I don't really, I don't know if I really buy that that they slept. It's opening day; the Israelis going to be flowing no matter how much sleep he gets. So I don't know if I buy that. I think it's just they are, they're up against a good pitcher in Strasburg. Um, I'm looking to see how they bounce back today. Do you go pee gate or pee gazi? Pee gazi is kind of fun, but either way. <laughs> God. I'm getting a little tired of P. Gates, so we'll go P. Ghazi. All right. Sounds good. Uh, you could always listen to Fugazi while you talk about P. Ghazi, so you'd be good to go. Um, Probably not going to do that. All right, fair. Uh, Reds, Pirates. Uh, no, I skipped it. No, I didn't skip over one. Uh, Reds, Pirates, uh, minus 130 in favor of Pittsburgh. Trevor Williams against Tanner Roark. I want to get to the Twins and Phillies, though. Uh, Phillies are 5-1. and one. Obviously, Bryce Harper is very good at baseball. I don't know if you guys were aware of that or not. Uh, but this whole lineup is dynamic when you have... Odebel Herrera and Cesar Hernandez batting 7th and 8th, and, or sorry, Mikel Franco down there as well. Uh, it, it just makes a world of difference, and Franco's had a very good start to the season. 
On the other side, four and two twins, two and one away from home, is Michael Pineda, who you and I know from his Yankee days, of course, and uh, started out in Seattle, traded, and Yankees brought him in, had the arm injury, had other injuries along the way. Uh, he's being ramped back up. His first start only through what, 50 pitches. Pineda is one of those guys from a strikeout perspective, has some upside, but you also know he's going to walk a lot of guys. What do you make of Pineda early on the season, and do you think there's some value in an arm like his moving forward? There could be. Uh, there could be. Because this, this guy, if he can rebound, and it's, it's a tough question, because with a shoulder surgery, it's so different than Tommy John. Tommy yep. John, listen, most of these guys come back. Yeah, most. Not all, of course not all, but most come back. Shoulder is completely, uh, it's sort of no man's land. No one really knows. Maybe he will, maybe he won't. You know, Julio Urias, you know, with the Dodgers, looks like he's returning from it. Pineda on his way, but we don't know for sure yet. Now, there's no way in hell I start him today in fantasy or DFS and anywhere. Maybe of the ballpark and the lineup he just brought up. I mean, her name is Herrera and Franco batting at the bottom of that order. That's, wow, that team's going to score a lot of runs in that ballpark. They might lead baseball this season. Wouldn't shock me at all. So uh, I don't, I'm not going to start Pineda today, but I'm rooting for him. Hope he pitches well. Uh, this should be a decently high-scoring game. Uh, maybe you get Nelson Cruz play today. He didn't play yesterday. National League ballpark is a DH, but he has played some outfield. Did in spring training to sort of get him ready for this. I don't think they're going to sit Nelson Cruz for the next four games. And that's what it would turn out to be is the uh, Twins play four games in National League ballpark. So you certainly want him in your lineup today. I'm curious to see if the Twins will do that. I don't believe they've posted their lineup yet. So we're waiting for that. But I think some runs will be put up on the board today. All right. Let's uh, continue on some of these contests uh, that we have on tap in Major League Baseball. Uh, let's see. Mariners and White Sox. Lucas Giolito. Uh, brought over in the Adam Eaton trade, right? When uh, the White Sox traded Eaton to the Nationals, they get Giolito back. This is a guy who was one of the highest-touted uh, starters in minor league baseball when he was dealt, has struggled a bit at the major league level, but does seem like one of those post-hype sleepers. I use that term. I, I did the air quotes. No one can see me, but sleepers, in quotes, um, that has some clear talent. You talked about. I talked about Gaussman earlier. You You agreed. This is a kind of arm that if all things are equal and he gets right, could be a dynamic starter for the White Sox. Has a matchup here with the Mariners, who are 7-2 on the year. Mike Leake on the other side, not such a dynamic starter. Uh, but what do you make of Giolito here early on? Another guy, a very highly talented player. Uh, some blame the Nationals that they changed his mechanics, and that's what, uh, I guess, made him lose his effectiveness. And now that the, the White Sox are... We've heard back and forth they're letting him go. Then they're, they've changed it as well. I think they're worried with his uh, old mechanics that it was just, it was an arm injury waiting to happen, elbow or shoulder, you know that sort of thing. So they were trying to protect him, but we'll see how that works out there. I mean, I'm not starting him today. The Mariners are too hot. They're scoring too many runs. This is a team that's uh, I think the definition of a team that's off to a hot start. Maybe the Japan series there with Ichiro. Maybe that really propelled them here. I think they'll cool off eventually. They're not a good team. Right, they have. They, even they don't think they're a good team. They were trading people away. We know they're rebuilding here. So uh, that being said, they're hot. D. Gordon is in the lineup today. Some are worried. They, I think he had a growing, a slight growing, but he's about in the lineup. They did post it, by the way. And as far as Nelson Cruz, the Twins have posted their lineup as well. No Nelson Cruz today in the lineup for the Twinkies. There you go. You get the lefty bats, Kepler and uh, Rosario in the outfield, and we'll see if Cruz makes his way into the lineup over the weekend. For the Twins, so uh, no crews in uh, your stacks over there on DraftKings or FanDuel as you play through. Rays and Giants, uh, Rin Stanek is your opener for Tampa Bay. Jeff Samarja on the other side, not necessarily 
all that intrigued in that one. I skipped over the one I was intrigued by. Uh, Padres and Cardinals. Uh, so Padres is 5-3, and three, and uh, Chris Paddock on the mound. This is one of those guys who caught fire in spring training. You have a very young starting rotation with Lucchese and Paddock and uh, Lauer and, and the like. Are you buying into... I've used that phrase too many times. Do you like uh, the San Diego Padres starting staff? And do you think this is a team that can make some noise in the NL West? Well, it's the starting staff. That's the problem. You know, uh, hitting wise, I think they'll be fine. They'll put up enough runs to win. I think that staff is going to suffer as the year goes along. I, you know, I'm not the biggest Dallas Keuchel guy. I'm not. I don't think he's all that great anymore. Uh, but I think he could help this team. I think he could help uh, out as an innings eater, you know, as a above average fantasy starter, but also as a veteran for those young guys, sort of mentor them there. So I, I do wonder if he ends up there. If you spend $300 million on Machado, you might as well just go all in here and get the pitcher too, especially if things keep going up here. But the, the problem is this. Let's say you do want Keuchel. Man, he's going to need a couple of weeks to a month to get in, uh, in shape. I don't care how many pitches he's throwing, Scott Boris's academy, whatever it is, that's not Major League Baseball players. He's going to need time there, and that's why I think it's going to be so tough for any team to sign Keiko because even if you want him, even if you believe in him, you're not going to be able to, if you sign him today, you'll see him in May. You know, so it's still four or five starts he's got to miss there to get, uh, you know, to get Major League Baseball players out. So, but I think that's what San Diego needs. I think they're... I think they're more than one pitcher short. I think they're probably two to three pitchers short. They're on their way. And with that minor league system, you give this team a year, two years, they're going to be really dangerous. And I think that's a great point. Also, Keuchel, I thought, would be a great signing for the Angels uh, because of Andrelton Simmons there at short. The defense up the middle uh, would help Keuchel with the ground balls. But I think you have the same there in San Diego uh, with the defense they have and, and could make for a really intriguing landing spot. I like those two, San Diego and L.A., as spots that he might land. Stay tuned, everybody. So coming up uh, at the top of the hour, I step away, and George continues on here. He'll be on with Cam. They are doing the weekend sports update. They will take you through three hours here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Mike Blewett again said thanks so much for listening. He had to step away because of technical problems. His internet provider not doing their job today. But uh, Mike uh, toughing it out for two hours here, keeping me company. Thanks so much for listening to Fantasy Sports Day here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Back next week, 8 a.m. right here with Fantasy Sports Day. Thanks so much. Stay tuned.